Welcome Bears fans to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two jamokes who actually sat and watched that Bears-Giants game, so you don't have to. <laughs> I actually watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, that game, I guess before we get into it, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Bears underscore Scat. We always appreciate everybody that tunes in every week to... Listen to us ramble on about another terrible Bears game, and <laughs> this one was specifically terrible. Uh, it was just not a good day for the Bears on, in really any aspect. The offense was bad, defense was bad, special teams was bad, coaching I thought was bad, and it was just a long, boring game that the Bears ended up losing to a bad Giants team. And like it was just it was just a, a a really really rough watch on Sunday. And like I said, I watched the game a second time. I watched the condensed game. Yeah. And even the condensed game felt like it took two hours. <laughs> like, it, it was just not an entertaining product. And we've gotten used to that as Bears fans. It's just the same story with the offense just being ineffective. I actually thought Fields played well. I, I thought he played a lot better than he played against Houston. I thought he made some really nice throws. He had some bad throws, too, but I thought he had more good than bad. I, I think he was, you know, getting pressured pretty much every play, which is not going to help any quarterback be successful. But I thought, all things considered, when you saw how well he was protected, I thought he actually had a pretty good game. But. Ends again with the Bears scoring 12 points and losing to the Giants. So we'll get into it, but did you have any initial reactions that you want to start with? Well, you know, I mean, it's like you said, there was there was just uh, uh, a lot of issues in every front. Uh, it's hard to uh, break it all down. Um, you know, I saw this bit on by Courtney Cronin uh, talking about, you know, how poorly uh, Fields is doing in play action, which, you know, should be a strength of his. And, you know, my first thought that came into my head was, well, you also got to look at the timing of the call of those plays. Right. Play action only works if it's called at the at the right time, and usually that means you've established some run, or uh, you're calling uh, play action um, in in a situation where you're getting uh, you're you're letting your offensive line get some penetration on the defensive line, mm-hmm. and I felt like the Giants controlled the line the from start to end oh they they really did and it's interesting i actually thought he had a couple of nice throws on play action there was the first one to the guy that i've never heard of and <laughs> i even now i've i've watched that play like four times i can't remember the guy's name west wesco westcott wesco whoever that is that was a nice throw and i thought he had another nice one the first play of the game actually he made a really nice throw that was that played a Mooney over the middle where Fields just drove it right into him and yeah it looked like it was a play action but maybe the running back went the wrong way or Fields ran the wrong way but anyway <laughs> that in itself is a problem that was the best play of the game because the protection was good Mooney ran a good route and Fields made a really strong throw right over the middle and that 
when I saw that, I was kind of thinking, man, this might be the game where the offense maybe breaks out a little bit. And I guess in a way they did because they looked more competent than they had at any point in the first three games. But <laughs> that's a very low bar and still not very successful when you look at the number of points they scored at the end of the day. But yeah, I, I think to your point, the pressure was a problem all game long and specifically pressure up the middle. Like Mustafer was getting beat like a drum the entire game. Patrick, he had a rough start to the game when he came in to replace Whitehair, and then he played a little bit better in the second half. But the Giants were getting pressure right up the A gap all game long, and all game. You know, you know what quarterbacks do well when they're getting pressured up the middle? No quarterbacks. Yeah, right, that's that's been the playbook against Brady for years. Peyton Manning, all time great quarterbacks struggle when you've got a guy in your face right from the snap. So. All, all things considered, like I said, I thought Fields did all right when you consider the protection he was given. He made some more plays on the ground. He didn't make, I don't think he made any plays where the ball was obviously in harm's way, which was an improvement. And I think just for the time being, he's just not got a lot to work with on the line or when you consider his receivers, because he made a couple of nice throws that were dropped as well. So Right. Fields, it's it's going to be a matter of can he kind of hang in there in this situation and can he find ways to improve week to week. I thought this week he did improve a little bit. But the other problem, too, is that he's getting hit pretty much every play, whether it's in the pocket or whether he takes off and runs. He's getting hit, like, literally every play, and I'm not even really exaggerating by that much. So if that continues, he's not going to survive the season under those conditions. So I don't know if there's really a solution because the offensive line kind of is what it is. And Cody Whitehair is now out. who's one of their better blockers, but bears are going to have to find a way to get that figured out because they can't have him continuously getting hit almost every time he drops back to pass. Right. And you know, this is one of those things that there seems to be uh, some derision on simply because it's like half the fans out there uh, just look at the half of uh, Fields himself. Um, is he holding on to the ball too long? Is he going through his progressions too long? Uh, is uh, you know the playbook too expansive for him? Uh, you know, are, are they having to dumb it down? And and it's like. While some of those things may have some truth to them, at the same time, it's not just him. It's also the receivers, right. as you just mentioned. As the offensive line, as you just mentioned. Also, let's definitely include Luke Getze. Yeah. He is a brand new offensive coordinator. He has never called plays before. And... So there's going to be a steep learning curve there. And how much of it also is that, once again, the Bears have a defensive head coach. People say that's not a factor. I disagree. Um, You know, I'll tell you what. uh, Brian Dayball, uh, who lots of Bears fans wanted. Yes, I'll raise my hand. Me too. Um, He sure had Daniel Jones looking pretty good. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna point at something, I was absolutely out of my mind, berserko, furious 
the second time that Daniel Jones practically waltzed into the end zone. So scot-free that he looked like he had Monopoly, giant Monopoly get-out-of-jail-free cards. Right. I mean, what the heck? How is that happening? Yeah, I haven't heard a great answer to whose fault that was. Because that's literally... How the- about... Everyone. I mean, that's literally the only thing Daniel Jones can do is run in a straight line. <laughs> he, he, he's fast, but you knew he was fast. Right. And you know that he can't throw, and you know that his offensive line sucks. And so. from 20 plus yards out, I mean, this, you know, those weren't five yard bootlegs. <laughs> no, and it looked like uh, Madden play almost, where <laughs> the defense just all crashed down, and Jones just like, whoops, nope, I got the ball out here and there's just nobody even on the right side of the field it was i know it was like it was like he was doing his best houdini impression what the i just uh that was to me those two plays were the absolute bottom of the game and he had a couple of other nice runs too it's like the bears just didn't know that daniel jones is good at running the football (laughs) i mean that's literally all he can do so I, I don't know if, if that's a talent issue or if that's a coaching issue or if it's just the fact that you've got a lot of young players on the defense. I don't know the answer to that, but, man, if the Giants, as one-dimensional as they are, can pick the Bears' defense apart that easily, then you'd have to think that the Vikings this week and some of these better offenses that they're about to go up against, you got to think they're just licking their chops. I want to go back to Getze a little bit because... I haven't been very impressed with him. I think he's been... Obviously, he's not operating with a full hand. The talent on this offense is not very good. Yeah. But the play calling is too conservative for me. They run the ball in times where they shouldn't. There's too many runs on first and second down that get you in a third and long situation. And and I understand that the Bears can run the ball fairly effectively, or at least they have so far. And maybe running the ball a lot gives them a better chance to win these games against bad teams. But there were times in that game where they were handing the ball off in situations that clearly called for a pass. Yeah. I think it was when the bears were down eight in the fourth quarter and it was third and two at about midfield bears were still on their own side of the field, but at like the 40 or something third and two and he hands it off to Herbert. He just runs straight into a brick wall and the bears punt. It's like, what was the what was the even the what was even the point of attempting that? Exactly. And it's it's also just a, a situation where I mean, the Bears you're going to win 5 games. Take yeah. a risk and maybe try to win a sixth one. Right. You know, right. It, it's it's not like this is a team where every single win is going to end up mattering at the end of the day because in all likelihoods, they're not going to be anywhere close to even sniffing that 7th playoff spot at the end of the year. So you've got a young quarterback, you've got a young offense, take some chances. It's a game in week four against the giants who also suck. Yeah. And that's not the only time that this has happened. This has happened that this happened in the green Bay game where they were too conservative too risk averse even happened in the Texans game too. And I understand you don't trust your offense because of all of the reasons that are obvious, but at some point, Take it. Take some risks. Yeah, it's like you're you're still in year one here. You still got the opportunity to take some chances, take some shots, and if they blow up, then you can reevaluate your strategy later. But 
it's enough a hand in the ball off in critical situations and even if it is successful I'd rather give the quarterback a chance and let him learn some lessons and see if he can pick up that first down himself so that's not the only thing that I've had problems with the offense in general there there was another play this week where if you look at the tape Mooney was wide open and they asked Eberflus, well, why didn't Fields throw the ball to him? And apparently it was because Mooney had run the wrong route and he was in the wrong place. And that's not the first time that's happened with Darnell Mooney. That's the second time, at least with him, that he's said in the media he ran the wrong route. Yep. How, who knows how many times he's actually done it. And I think there was another play, too, where it might have been Pettis or St. Brown. Don't quote me on that, but stop running the wrong route. Yeah. Like, is, isn't, isn't the whole idea behind this Matt Eberflus hits principle that you're supposed to have strong attention to detail why are you in the wrong place and Darnell Mooney specifically after all the stories about how hard you worked with fields in the offseason to build up a chemistry run the correct route and right. I was listening to a, a QB expert earlier today it's actually a really good follow on Twitter uh, Tim Patrick is the guy's name and he's like your job as a wide receiver is not to get yourself open. Your your job is to run your route so that somebody gets open. Right. You being in the wrong place doesn't help anybody. So that has to get cleaned up. And I don't know if that's... It literally... I don't know if that's it, Getsy it, it, or Eberflus. It literally both, crumbles the integrity of the play. And you, you might end up getting open, but you might end up being in a spot that the quarterback's not supposed to be looking. Yes. And that might work when you've got an elite quarterback. Which... If you think back to week one, is exactly, or was that week one, or uh, when Fields was like, the guy wasn't where he was supposed to be. Yeah, I think that was week two. Week one was just kind of a disaster because right. of the rain, but you've got to be in the right spot. Like It sometimes works when you've got these elite quarterbacks that have been around forever. You talk about Mahomes, you talk about Rodgers. Those guys can improvise, and maybe they've got that sixth sense where they can just find the guy that's running free, even if he's not where he's supposed to be. But in this offense, when you've got a quarterback that's still learning, and also, by the way, a quarterback that clearly doesn't trust his protection, so he's trying to get the ball out so he doesn't get crushed again, Yeah, you got to be in the right spot. And I don't know if that falls on Getze or Eberflus, but if it happens again... Darnell Mooney's not Randy Moss out there. You can (laughs) sit his ass on the bench for a couple of drives if if he's not going to run the correct routes and say, no, 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 come come sit over here. You're going to watch for the next little while until you are committed to being in the correct place based on the plays we call. So it gets he's young, just like everybody else. I don't want to rip him too much because if we're giving the players the benefit of the doubt, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt too, but certainly haven't been impressed so far. So... Um, you know, I, I agree with all of that. And, uh, the last, you know, the last bit you said there, giving them the benefit of the doubt as, as Bears fans watching this team that has, that has been said a lot and we're going to have to continue to say it a lot. Mm-hmm. It, the simple, when, when you, when you boil it down, everybody is new. Yeah. No one has cohesion yet. It's going to take a while. You know, Darnell Mooney, I I read that article by Dan Pompey, uh, that interview with him, and he really sounds like a good young man. Uh, works very very hard. Uh, it's probably his 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 biggest critic is probably himself, and uh, I think that it was awesome that Komet 
and Fields and Mooney all work together in the offseason to try and develop on their own, that's only going to take them so far. Yeah. And, you know, while we want Mooney to succeed, you know, there, there is a certain aspect of him that maybe just the talent level isn't there. I mean, right. your, your very top shelf wideouts, it, you know, it's, it's not just about working hard. It's also about having some, some size or some speed or some combination of those two things that make them that top level. You mentioned Moss, right? right. I mean, Moss is a true freak of nature. Yeah. Uh, he's not supposed to be able to run as fast as he does. He's not supposed to have the agility uh, that he does. And all this, these combination of things. His hands were amazing. I mean, he caught stuff that, that just wasn't supposed to happen. You know, Calvin Johnson is another one, right? At six foot seven, he did the things that he did. Yeah. You know, Moss, six four, six five. I mean, it's just these were these were. That's why they're Hall of Famers, right? Yeah. Is is they were the very best. So while and they had that work ethic too, right? And they had the work ethic, right? And so you know, while it's great that Mooney wants to do things like you know, uh, you pull out the jugs machine after the game. Yeah. And, and work on his catching. Hey, I respect that, right? But at the it, at a certain level, we just we have to recognize as fans that it's not going to be fixed this year. We have to make it through this year and follow Paul's plan about developing a core of not just players but coaches too mm-hmm. that all are on the same page and get to the end of this year and see what we have because he literally came in and there was nothing available and he made the best use of what he could and he needs to get to the end of this year so he'll see out of this whole group what is left. What can I invest in for the next three years to make a real team out of this? And for right now, you know, we're just going to have to deal with it. Because it's not going to get any better. <laughs> no. It's going to get worse. I mean, that's that's another thing, too, with this is the, the margin of error is already so small. And we're already starting to see injuries happen to critical players. Jalen Johnson, it sounds like he's going to be out again this week. Cody Whitehair is on IR now. And... The Bears have no depth. So when these players that are actually quality NFL starters go down and you're replacing them with a rookie or somebody that's a fringe NFL player, like it's only going to get uglier. So like you said, there's just not a lot of talent on this roster. And circling back to your point about talent and speed and size, the other thing that helps is when you've got more than one receiver on the field that anybody's scared of at all it i was thinking about that because i actually thought the best throw that fields made during the game was that throw to pettis that he dropped the one he made a really nice back shoulder throw and pettis got both of his hands on it and he dropped it and it was on a third down it was actually a really big drop because it would have extended the drive but it's just amazing when you look around the nfl and just like how much the bears have missed the mark on putting together a roster and that that really missed it. The 2022 NFL, like even the bad teams have two or three 
really solid wide receiver slash tight end slash running back. Yeah. A lot of them have four. Like, the, look, like look at the Lions. Like, the Lions are... Look at our next opponent. Wow. But they're actually good. But I'm No, not... I mean, but, I, I mean, that's who we're, we're going up against the Vikings. Yeah. And what do they have? Well, they've got Jefferson. They've got Thielen. Who's arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Thielen. Undrafted player, but has made very good, and that they've extended him. I probably wouldn't put him any lower than twenty. Yep, Dalvin Cook as I believe a first round pick. Yep, and they've got a couple other nice players too in the passing game. I mean, look at the the Jets, right? Like the Jets have three good receivers and a good running back they just drafted. The Giants, like as bad as their receivers are, and they are bad. They might actually be worse than the Bears, but at least they. Paid Kenny Galladay. Yeah, they drafted Kadarius Tony. It just so happens that both those guys suck, or <laughs> or they can't get on the field because they're injured or they have attitude problems. But at least they tried. They just picked the wrong guys. Yeah. Like, well, and the other thing is, is how much of a factor is Dayball there? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I gotta believe he's a major factor. Um, this guy's resume. I said it before the season is awesome. And, uh, you know, while it's, I think that getting Eberflus was a decent pick, um, he wasn't mine. Uh, I wanted Dayball in in the worst way, Um, you know, but we got what we did. And we're just going to have to see how having a defensive coach again works out. But they, Getze is again under this very steep learning curve and he's going to have to start figuring out what he's working with real quick because this has shades of Cutler to me and the reason I say that is because Cutler was continually getting new offensive coordinators. Uh, Cutler's offensive line was never that great. His list of offensive uh, left offensive tackles terrible terrible uh, you know uh they did finally uh get him uh some decent receivers uh you know towards the uh latter half of his time there um you know and I, I'm, I'm not putting it all in one spot you can't put everything all in one spot it's a team game right absolutely i, I agree completely well you're talking about day ball I, I was thinking this as i was watching the game the second time it's you talk about the easy plays like the, the Giants' personnel is just as bad as the Bears. Like the Giants, in a way, are, are very similar to the Bears. Terrible, very similar. Terrible offensive line, terrible wide receivers. They've got a quarterback that has not developed, largely at least because, or largely because of their mistakes as an organization. But you see these plays with Daniel Jones, and hey, it's a play-action pass. There's a guy running free right over the middle. You hit him for six yards. Like, where are the easy plays on this Bears offense? You don't need elite talent to at least make a few simple, positive plays per game. And when you watch the Giants, it at least looked like their offense had a bit of a rhythm to it. When you when you watch the Bears, it's just everything's so disjointed, and it's frustrating. And you mentioned Getze and what he has to work with. It's It's obviously just not much. And just to close down that point I was making about the wide receivers, it's like every other team has invested in that position. The Bears just really have not. They have 
bargain bin guys for the most part. I'll even include Mooney in that. He's a bargain bin guy that's done really well. Yeah. But he was still a fifth round pick. Yeah. Cole Komet was a second round pick. I think he might stink. And other than that, it's Pringle. Who's yeah. Komet, you know, we keep waiting for him to uh, be the receiving tight end that he supposedly is, but... He's in, he, I mean, he's invisible out there right now. Uh, I, why does that always happen with him? I don't know if that's by design, if they're asking him to block more, but you can't find him in the passing game. The, I think he had two catches. One of them, actually, congratulations to the Bears, because they ran not one, but two successful screen passes. <laughs> one of them was to Komet. The other was to Herbert. And that was a nice play, but you didn't draft Cole Komet in the second round to catch screen passes. Yeah, won a game. You, He's supposed to be a chain mover. Yeah, exactly. Like, where where is this tight end that everybody was predicting to have five or six, seven catches a game? You, you just can't find him out there. And he's one player on the offense plus Mooney that actually has some talent. He he was picked highly, and this is now the third offensive coordinator, at least second coaching staff that hasn't found a way to. Really get him involved, yeah. and he's kind of running out of time, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, yeah. so that's another thing, too, is um, when we're looking at uh, the pass-catching personnel, right? Yeah. Um, they're, they're just really... For one thing, I, I, I feel like there's not a lot there, okay? I mean, that's not... It's stating the obvious. But... One of the things that I don't understand is I would like to see a higher amount of high percentage passes to start the game. Yes. That doesn't mean that they have... I'm not saying that they need to come out and immediately throw 15 passes in a row for two yards. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is is that to get a rhythm going... Why not do some short, high-percentage throws? Yeah. You know, for one thing, it loosens up the defense. For another thing, it gets your quarterback some rhythm. And your pass-catching people helps get them some rhythm. You know, it, it's like you said. The, the offense play-calling seems very conservative, almost stale. And you... As a fan, you're sitting there and you're like, "What? What are they trying to accomplish here? I don't understand." You know, are they the 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 concept of let's just keep running the ball until the defense gets tired doesn't work. You know, I saw somebody comment that the Bears are running the best 1920s <laughs> offense in the NFL right now. Exactly. Well, and you know what the other big problem with it is? is like, <laughs> the Bears are running the ball well, but you know what that does? It is a six-minute drive that stalls out at the 20. <laughs> and then you kick a right. field goal. If, but, it, if, it, if it gets that far. Yeah, exactly. Like... Teams are going to let you do that because in the NFL, what you're a lot more concerned about now is the explosive pass. That's what everybody, that is the phrase, right? Explosive plays. You need explosive plays. And the only way you're going to do that is by throwing the ball. And, And I know we've played the Giants and the Texans the last two weeks who both have 
terrible offenses themselves, but that's about to change. And when you're playing the Vikings or Detroit even or Green Bay or Buffalo or some of these teams that the Bears have coming up, they're going to be willing to let you run as many silly little halfback dives as you want and go down and kick your field goal because you know what they're going to do when they have the ball? They're going to be in the end zone. Yeah. And you're going to lose by 20. Yeah. So I don't know what the solution is here other than we've just got to hope that we can get through the season without Fields getting hurt or without his confidence getting damaged too much because the personnel is what it is here. I know that there's a lot of people that are talking about these fantasy land trades that the Bears could make to get more talent on the roster. It's just there's there's nobody coming in here to bail the Bears out. I mean, what teams are trading away guys right now? And even if they were, do you think they're trading away players that they see as being uh, as being like critical parts of their team? Like, no, you're probably getting a guy like Kenny Galladay before he got hurt that is disgruntled and that isn't playing well and that has a huge contract. So. Yeah. There's no, nobody's coming to rescue the Bears from a talent perspective, and I don't know, it's, we're through the easy part of the schedule, too, that's the other thing, when you talk about the Texans and the Giants, I mean, those are, I know the Giants are 3-1, and one, but they suck, too, yeah. so the schedule gets a lot harder now, I mean, the Vikings is a tough matchup this week, we'll get to that, you can beat Washington, maybe, but after that, I mean, you're talking about Patriots, Dolphins, yeah, our seven wins isn't looking it's, too good. It's not. <laughs> you know, it's just this 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 next stretch of games might get kind of rough for the Bears, especially as these injuries start piling up a little bit more, just because the offense is not effective. Not it's it's I don't know if it's not effective because of coaching or personnel or quarterbacking or a combination of all three, but it's it's a tough watch. So I just want to jump in real quick and you know say and say to the fans out there. This is what I was expecting, though. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I mean, that's the that's the part that is frustrating when I'm reading uh, the Twitter sphere or I'm reading on some of the sites. It's like I thought they were going to be terrible, and they're terrible. Yeah. But I try to look for the bright spots because there is some bright spots. Yeah. Uh, I'm not ready. I'm not even remotely close. To giving up on fields. No. I think the guy is an athlete like we have never seen before in Chicago. I think that uh, he is getting the crap beat out of him right now. Um, we really need to work on that. Uh, because he's not going to go 17 games if he continue if that continually happens and i don't want to see trevor simeon yeah you know so oh so i do got to shift gears for a minute here so i was talking with a fellow bears fan i told him i was going to talk about this on the Uh on the podcast (laughs) so uh he um i was talking with him about fields and he's very frustrated with fields he's somebody i i do i highly respect his opinion and he point blank said, maybe we should put Trevor Simeon in. <laughs> and I said, are you insane? Yeah, to, to, to do what? <laughs> for, yes, for for what exactly? Bears fans... Unless you're trying to tank for the... You know, that's, that's what we got to do, though, is Bears fans, you got to start looking at this with a little bit of chuckle. A little bit of, 
uh, ha-ha. Because the thing is, is that this team is a little bit football follies, okay? And that's not going to change anytime soon. We're going to have to grit through this season. That's all there is to it. Now, at the same time, if next year at this time we're still in this same boat, that's a different that's a different uh, scenario. Yeah. But that's not even remotely close where we are. What we have to do is we have to trust in the coaches to develop. We have to trust in our GM to guide us as far as 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 far as what Bill Parcell says, filling the cupboard, right? We we have to trust in the players that we have that have shown some bright stuff. And we got to wait for them to develop more. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You talk, you know, so we were talking about Daniel Jones. That guy's been a bust for three years. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And he was a high first round pick. So, you know, um, we're not as bad as, we're not as bad off as he, and he still looks terrible. On well, he's, I mean, that that's the, that's the cautionary tale. That's drafting a quarterback highly, not surrounding him with talent, hiring idiot coaches. When you talk about Pat Shermer, Joe Judge, Dayball seems good, but might be too late. And look at what happened. They're four years into that experiment, and they're still trying to figure out if he's any good or not. Yeah, and are they at the end of the year? Are they going right back to the first round drawing board? And, uh, you know, because they certainly, like you said, they might be three and one right now. They're a pretender, not a contender. Yeah, exactly. But to your point, it's a bad situation for them because they're going to have to figure out what they want to do at the quarterback position. And just like we are. And it's it's. But you want to find that out now if you're the Bears. You don't want to wait two more years and still be trying to figure it out. That's why you put him out there. That's why you keep putting him out there until the end of the season, unless he is hurt. Right. You keep Fields out there. That's the way he's going to learn. And if he doesn't learn, then that means he's not good enough to play in the NFL level. I don't particularly believe that. But, you know, maybe that is the case. But the only way we're going to figure it out is by him being out there. And I don't, you know, uh, one of the things with the offensive line is they've got to they've got to smooth that out. They can make it better than it is right now. Yeah, you talk about unabated to the quarterback. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I mean, they have to they have to make some adjustments there. And I don't know what they are. I'm not paid to know that. But they, they have to make some adjustments, and there is adjustments that they can make. Yeah, I think we've seen the last of Sam Mustafer at, at, at the starting center position, at least until more injuries happen, because that game on Sunday, he, that should get you benched. Yeah, because I know now. He, now, are they going to be able to though? Because you know, is Whitehair going to be back this week? Well, they could put. I think Patrick can snap the ball now. I think his hands healed, so I think he can start at center. And then you've got to figure out. I guess you you finally let Tevin Jenkins play full time right guard. I don't right. know why that hasn't happened already, but left guard. I mean, you're choosing between Michael Schofield or Jatree Carter. Neither are neither are great options. I mean, Schofield maybe he you can. He's not on the team. He's on the team. He is. Yeah, they brought him back. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. He's on the practice squad. Uh, I think he's on the active roster. Oh, is he? He might be on the practice squad, okay. but he he is available to them. So that's not a exciting option, but it might be somebody that can get you through a couple games until maybe Whitehair comes back. 
I don't know anything about Jatree Carter. That's one of the rookies they drafted in right. the seventh round. Maybe they think he's ready. If he is, throw him out there. But Mustafer, man, I mean, I, I feel bad for him because everybody raves about how hard he works and how nice of a guy he is, but he was not drafted for a reason. And he was going up against uh, Dexter Lawrence, who's really good. He was a first-round pick a few years back. He's one of the great Clemson defensive linemen. Oh, right. He had a, that crew. But, I mean, he just had a, a brutal game. And yeah. He's had brutal games, too. He, he struggles with snapping the ball. He's struggling with picking up the blitz, and on Sunday he was just getting he was just getting walked around. You know, by, part by, of by this Lawrence. part of this right here, um, and, and you reflected on this earlier, is that we've got to see better individual performance too. Mm-hmm. Now, the whole team has to perform better. Uh, that's not my point. My point is is that the players that are out there playing. I don't know um, what the coaches need to do to get them to play individually better than they can. Maybe they can. Maybe this is the top. Maybe this is the top of their game. I don't think it is. But you know, doing things like like you said, Pettis got his hands on the ball. He should have made the he should have made the catch. Yeah. I found myself saying that at least a few times against in the game against the Giants catch the freaking ball you know i mean it's that's what your whole free that's that's your whole job well i mean i mean that i mean it didn't cost them the game but if the bears had a better offense it could have cost them the game yeah i mean it's not like the bears are going down there to score and get the two-point conversion but theoretically they could have it it doesn't matter you know that's your whole job make it happen right and you know, obviously, we need a higher level of talent. Uh, I was talking with one. Uh, I was talking with our buddy Chris. You know, and he said, "No, we don't need one uh, new receiver. We need at least two, right?" Yeah, uh, absolutely. I one hundred percent agree. This at the end of this year, so many things will be open to this squad, right? As I said, we'll have a good idea of who's worth keeping for the next three years. We'll also have an entire full draft available to us. Yep. And um, I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking that I, I'm still believing that at the end of this year, Fields is going to look like our starting quarterback. I, I'm still believing that I might be in the minority. That's okay with me. But in, in regardless, we're going to have that, our full squad of picks available to us to do something there and free agency. So, uh, because they they'll have more money than God. Yeah, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna have a full a, a, allotment of resources. Yes. The opposite of this off season, and you know, trust me, like most of this is on pace. This year is a little bit on polls too. Yeah. He, he saw this roster. He had opportunities to add to it. He chose not to. He explained that whether he was right or wrong. We'll we'll see, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough watch right now. The other guy, I'd like to see Valus Jones get... Well, first of all, I'd like him to catch the ball. But yeah. I'd also like him to get some snaps in the offense this week at Minnesota. I know it was his first game, so maybe they were just trying to ease him in on special teams, which didn't go great. But Yeah? Um, I, big muff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, that, that was the end of the game. But, but I'm not going to squash the guy because of that. That was his first game. He, yeah. he made a mistake. It's going to happen. And also, even if he catches it, again, the Bears, they had two minutes left. They weren't going down to score and get a two-point. They were down eight. They, they were going to lose regardless. Right. So, 
All right. I mean, that's that's pretty much all I had from the the last from the last game. And uh, well, and you know, uh, just you know, one more thing. The other part is what is the you know one thing that the Bears have always been known for is their run defense. Well, oh. man, has that changed? The <laughs> number thirty-two in the league. You know, I mean, it, it they're on some kind of record pace right now and not the kind of record you want it's not going to get so, any easier this week it, it isn't uh dalvin cook is going to be like you said definitely has to be licking his chops get, get coming into this um i would still say that the bears focus has to be on justin jefferson wow. um you know uh if to me you you go after the top guy and that is the top guy, and you 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 try and limit him as much as you can. You're not going to be able to completely stop him. You, you you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Yeah, right? it sucks so. this week because, like I said earlier, it doesn't sound like Jalen Johnson's going to be back. So I don't know who you're throwing at Justin Jefferson. It better be two guys. Yeah, but like you said. Don't let him beat you. Like, Jalen Jones. It, 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 I, he's hurt too, I think. <laughs> oh, great. Um, and, can't be, and I'll tell you who it can't be right now. And that's Kyler. Kyler Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> like, if, you don't think, if you don't think Cousins is going to be looking exactly where he is every time. Actually, you know he's played well as Vildor. Yeah, Vildor has played pretty if, well. If you throw him on Jefferson one-on-one, he's going to give up 500 yards. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I mean, well, this is. I mean, let's just do Bears Vikings now. I mean, this is this is a terrible. <laughs> Poor Gordon. Yeah, God, uh, he's just getting. He is just getting torched. He's getting out there. He's like, if the Bears were competing for the playoffs, he, he would have been benched. Playoffs. Like he would have been benched already. Like <laughs> he's he's been awful, but he's young. He's coming out of the Pac-12. He's never faced anything like this. You got to give the kid time. Oh yeah. And I think, uh, I think he'll be a better player next year because of it. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's nothing else to really say. If you're writing Kyler Gordon off as a bust after four games, that's just dumb. Yeah. So now one thing we should, um, I'm going to shine the light on it. Uh, even though um, I'm pretty sure the the light is shining from multiple areas, and that is, we definitely gonna call out Eddie Jackson again. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he is playing. I think he's playing the best of his career. I know people are saying, oh, he's playing like it's 2018. Wrong. Yeah. I think he's playing better than that. He's tackling great. He's tackling. He is he is rushing to the ball. You know, that's that's a big part of. Whole, uh, of uh, Flus's, uh overall general attitude: fly to the ball, run to the ball. That's the big. That's the big thing about him. And man, Eddie Jackson is doing it in every aspect. And I do think, um, you know, I've said it. I know a million times, but I do think uh, having Brisker there is uh, is a key to that. And Brisker himself playing pretty damn well. Yeah, and I mean Eddie Jackson. I mean. I'm a little skeptical because he was down to his last chance, really. Yep. He, uh, if he played poorly again this year, he was going to be gone. Yep. And with the way he's playing now, he's on track to be a pro bowler and to probably get a contract extension or a new contract for somebody else. So it would be a little concerning if the two years out of the last five that he's played well were in contract years. But he is playing well. Yeah. From what all of the young players say, he's been a great leader. And 
he's really improved his tackling, which shows that he's bought in and he's really giving his full effort. I can't complain about anything he's done, which is a very, very nice change from the previous years. Yeah. I saw people suggesting that he should have like purposefully dropped that interception that he caught. It was like, because it gave... The Bears got the ball inside their own five, and I'm like, it was first oh. down. Like it was first down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if, I, 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 don't ever do that. Maybe <laughs> whoever said that, um, shut your trap. Yeah, maybe because maybe, uh, no, uh, let's just keep intercepting the ball every time we can. Maybe if it's fourth down, I can see the argument, or third down even. But it was first down. The Bears can't stop anybody. Yeah, so I'm, like if, I'm if, good with an interception any time in the game. Yeah, if you have a chance to get the ball, you do it. Like, yeah. With, I'll, I'll do that. With this defense specifically, because with this defense, they're always one play away from letting the ball get into the end zone. Yeah, I, I'll take I'll take the interception any time. All right, do you want to do Bears-Vikings or do you want to do power rankings? Okay, so let's do... Blah, 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 blah. Power rankings. Okay, so uh, just to start us off, uh, number one this week is Kansas City. Do they have a special stat they're highlighting this week? Uh, yes. Um, defensive efficiency is the special stat. Oh, Thanks for is, mentioning this that. This is not going to be kind to the Bears. <laughs> do they like what do def- you think? You think it is? No. Do, do, so, they, do they like define that on there? Or is it just... I, 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 have, I have in my mind's eye what it should mean, but I'm just curious if they have like an actual definition. It, it, they, uh, well, um, it's uh, defensive efficiency is uh, you know a stat that they've created it's based on a zero to 100 scale 100 being your your top uh based on the defense's contribution to scoring margin on per play basis and adjusted for strength of opposing of opposing offenses this is not going to be kind to the bears so okay you know with the chiefs number one they went from four to one uh good a, a big jump there um, their league rank is ninth, and they have a defensive efficiency of 62.7. Okay. So that gives you your basis, right? That's the best. Um, well, so okay. the Packers are number four, so they're the top of the division. Uh, their defensive efficiency is 13th at 57.9, uh, and they went from seven to four. Okay. Um, the next group, of course, is the Vikings. They're also in top 10. They went from 9 to 7. Defensive efficiency of 39.6. Good for 27th in the league. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess they got kind of torched by Andy Dalton. So, okay. Viking opponents are catching 75% of their targeted passes. The second highest rate in the NFL. Of the 97 completions against them, 69 have come by receivers who have at least three yards of separation at the time of the throw. Okay. So maybe we can see some work by uh, by Justin Fields there. So um, I'm surprised they're that low, but I haven't watched all their games. So, so okay. uh, wh- where do you think uh, where do you think they're at? They were at the uh, Bears. If I if I were doing the power rankings. I would have the Bears ahead of the Texans, the Panthers, and I could make an argument for like Washington or the Jets, but I think both those teams are ahead of the Bears. So I would have the Bears 30th. Okay, so the Bears were 22 last week, and they dropped to 28. Pretty good. Uh, So Steelers, 
Commanders, Panthers, Texans. So uh, the Texans. Um, so the Texans are uh, are last this week. Um, they're going to be last every week. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be last every week. So uh, the Bears' defensive efficiency. Where do you think? What number? Thirty second. Seventeenth. Okay. Fifty-one point nine percent. I guess they don't give up a lot of explosive plays. They don't give up a lot of explosive plays. So, but it takes a lot a big of big ding. It takes the a lot NFL's of worst team against the run, having allowed seven hundred and thirty-three yards through four games, one hundred and eighty-three point three yards per game, and are on pace to reach historically low marks. Right uh, after getting gashed by several uh, different guys. Um, the uh, they they talked about uh, Barkley earned ninety four of his one hundred and forty five yards uh, after first contact. Yeah. So that right there is the to me as out of all of that is the most disturbing thing is is that wrap up yeah, guys. We, we didn't get to that. The tackling was awful. Yeah. It's It's been awful. It's been awful. I mean, I I was excited about Nicholas Morrow. And he might still be good, but he's missed a lot of tackles. He has missed a lot of tackles. And it, um, it is still early. He's, I, I, he's not looking actually very good. I mean, he's around the ball a lot. He just can't get the guy on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I mean, it's so who who has the who has the number thirty two defense? The Lions. Oh, one hundred percent right! Ding 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 ding! You win the Detroit Lions. Number 32 with 21.8. Where are they at in the power rankings? Uh, they're at 25. Okay. Uh, Detroit currently leads the league in scoring, but also allows the most points in the league. The Lions are basically p- playing like a Pac-12 or a Big 12 team. <laughs> where it's like, they're going to score every time and they're going to give up a touchdown every time. And the difference in the game is going to be like, whichever team like turns the ball over like, once. Like uh, Patrick Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech. Yeah. They, play, they win 66 to 55. They're playing like the air raid. I mean, literally, the, the, they, they played a game against Seattle. Who would have thought in 2022, Jared Goff and Geno Smith would get into the 90s for a point total? <laughs> oh, and uh, Detroit has allowed 141 points through four games. 35.3 points uh, per game, which is second most in franchise history, trailing only the 0-16 squad <laughs> of 2008. Well, they're not going to go 0-16 this year. So, um, there we go. That's so, the power rankings So this, you. you said they had the Bears ahead of the Steelers? Uh, yes. Interesting. Okay. Bears ahead of the Steelers. So the Steelers, you know, have announced uh, that Pickett is uh, their guy. So, yeah. so the Trubisky clock lasted... Three and a half games because yeah. he got he got sat down at halftime. Boy, I, I was expecting him to do a little bit better, especially because I the, was thinking like eight. Well, the Steelers have good wide receivers. I mean, yeah, they've got Claypool, they've got Pickens, um, yeah, they've got, they J- got Johnson, Deontay Johnson, Friermuth, Harris. Their offensive line isn't very good, but there's no reason why that offense should should be playing as poorly as it was and. I guess Mitch, I mean, I guess maybe that's a wrap on that one. He's just going to be a career backup that's probably going to hang around the league and make a bunch of money. But You know, I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but i got to say it again. That's how bad the quarterback crew was under Nagy. That 
to me, Mitch Trubisky looked the best of any of those guys. Like, by far. <laughs> and so, it's like, how bad were they? Oh, they were really bad. Well, Dalton played well on Sunday. But, like, again, going back Dalton. to... Dalton. Going back to, to the first ever episode of this podcast, that's the proper role for Andy Dalton is stand there with a baseball cap and a clipboard until you have to play and then if you play have to play one or two games you can be competent you don't want Andy Dalton as your starter for 16 games in the year 2021 which is what Matt Nagy wanted to do so yeah which by the way I was watching some of that uh Chiefs Bucks game and they kept flashing to the sidelines and who's sitting there talking to Patrick Mahomes Matt Nagy it's just like Matt Nagy I mean just that guy could just make a career of sitting on the Chiefs' sidelines and yucking it up with Mahomes and probably, <laughs> probably, probably making a nice paycheck. I don't know what else he does, but that's a Patrick yeah, Mahomes he, quarterback coach. Is he, a, he's is a getting paid a, a sickening amount of money to, to, do, <laughs> to do nothing. Uh, I'm sure the Bears are still paying him, too. Probably. All right. Do you want to so, talk um, Bears-Vikings? So, Bears-Vikings. So I, know, I know I've got a feeling What's, on what's the spread? Uh, the last I looked, the Vikings were seven and a half. Well, I'll take that. So, it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be over that. I, I would think it's gonna be a double digit loss. Yeah. Oh, so you'd take the Vikings? Yeah, I agree. Vikings in the points. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. Yeah. I think this is like I don't like saying this in the NFL, but I don't see any way the Bears can win this game. No. Like, uh, it's <laughs> and, uh, now. I mean, it is the NFL, and there is great parity, and any team can win in any week. We know that. It's been proven over and over and over. So, uh, I mean, that certainly could happen. And uh, we, I think uh, I'm not alone in the opinion that the Vikings certainly aren't any world beaters. No, but they do have a crazy amount of talent. And after that first game against Green Bay, their offense hasn't really played that great. Like, the Lions, who we just talked about how good they are defensively, held the Vikings to 28 points. Yeah. In U.S. Bank, by the way. So, it's not like they've been setting the world on fire. But Not to mention that from all... I didn't watch the game against the Saints, but from everybody I've talked to, they should have lost that game. Yeah, for sure. And the, Sa- with Andy, with, and the Saints with, like, no skill position players. Yeah. Andy Dalton, no Alvin Kamara, no Michael Thomas. Yeah. But... The talent mismatch in this game against the Bears is is pretty pretty high. It's major, and I think the Vikings and specifically Kevin O'Connell are probably just licking their chops to get after this Bears defense because we know the Bears can't stop the run. The Vikings want to get Dalvin Cook going because he's kind of struggled so far. Jefferson, after that great first game, hasn't been as productive. You know, he's excited to go against Gordon or Vildor or whoever the Bears are going to throw at him. <laughs> and just being up in U.S. Bank, I, I, we know it's a tough place to play on the road. And so far, we haven't seen the Bears or Fields have an ability to go into a hostile road environment and be any form of productive. Well, so. I, all I know is um, I went to uh, the game last year, last game of the season, and uh, watched the Bears um, pretty much hold the Vikings down uh, for three quarters. And then suddenly they remembered they had Justin Jefferson, who scored three touchdowns in about 30 (laughs) seconds, I think it was. So, uh, you know, um, I think uh, we're going to see, you know, more of the same. This is, you know, Vikings fans uh, love to trash Kirk Cousins. 
Um, I do think that Kirk Cousins is at least a top 15 quarterback in the NFL, maybe top 10, probably right around 10. Mm -hmm. But this is the kind of game that he feasts on, right? Uh, I mean, we also see the games where he goes and plays really good teams on the road, like the Eagles game where he threw three interceptions. Yeah. The thirty, the the seventy million dollar man threw three interceptions. Yep. Uh, but um, this is the kind of game that he feasts on. Uh, if uh, if you're if you're looking at it from fantasy, um, you certainly start every Vikings. Player. You start you start your Vikings guys right. Um, even Irv Smith might be a worth a start this uh, this week. I mean, you know that they they've got this one circled on the calendar, and they're you, you, this is not what they're going to say publicly. But you know the coaches are telling each other. Hey, this is our opportunity to get our guys going. Yeah. Like, Cook, that's the thing. If, like, Cousins comes out and throws a couple quick interceptions, just start running the ball every time because the Bears aren't going to stop Dalvin Cook. They're not going to stop Alexander Madison. And if Yeah, Cousins, those two, those two, they're going to run, run, run. And if Cousins is and the, the passing game is clicking... They're just gonna. They're just gonna pound that. They're, I mean, they're they're gonna try to score fifty points in this game. And they're gonna uh, they're going to do the exact same thing uh, on the defensive side that the Giants did, and that is blitz, blitz, blitz. Uh, get the young quarterback uh, off balance. Uh, get him running for his life on every single play. Uh, get in the backfield with one second. Yep. Uh, and. Um, you know, uh, that I think he's going to see a heavy dose there. Uh, the best I could hope for as far as uh, the Bears' offensive line is that they don't let him get pummeled. Competency. Yeah, competency. And, uh, you know, out of Luke Getze, um, let's, again, let's see some high percentage passes, uh, completions on first down. Let's try and stay out of third and 18, yeah. uh, where, you, like you said, you decide to run the ball on third and 18 straight up the gut into a wall. Um, you know, I just, all I want to see is I do want to see some competency as a whole on the team. Yeah, I, I want them to look better than they looked up in Lambeau. Yeah. The Vikings defense isn't as good as the Packers defense. The Vikings offense is probably a little bit better than the Packers offense, especially at that point of the year. I mean, obviously Rodgers is worlds ahead of Cousins, but in terms of skill position, the Vikings have an advantage. But I think it's going to be a tough spot for the Bears. I I don't know that the Vikings are necessarily going to cover that spread because a lot of times they do play down to their competition, but I think the Vikings are are pretty likely to win. And I I tend to think that if, if they're motivated to do so, they could probably beat the Bears by 20 points. So... We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, do you want to go around the division quick? Sure. So, uh, it's... Uh, oh, the other thing, too, is kind of to transition here, is the Vikings are coming back from London. So oh, yeah, that's right. It's only, I think, the fifth time that a team has come back from London and not had a bye the following week. And I think, historically, teams are like 2-2 two and two when they do that, so... Maybe maybe that's the recipe for the Bears. Maybe the Vikings are jet lagged still. <laughs> but to transition, because that better be some serious jet lag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that they were really roughing it on that flight. Flying coach, I'm sure. So um, go go to the next. Well, so to transition to the Packers, who who play in London this week, they play the Giants. I mean, that should be a blowout. Yeah, it, they won't be able to handle twelve at all. Um, I. I 
I don't see, uh, you know, 12 has got that role going again. And um, it's going to be hard to slow it down. Uh, one thing he does good is he wins a lot in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, and uh, once he, he has that winning role go, they somehow just continue to keep it going. No matter, teams come close to toppling them over. And he chokes them off in the fourth quarter. Yeah, or overtime this week. I mean, they just kind of let the Patriots hang around with Billy Zappi in there, their third-string quarterback, yep. and took him down to the final second. Was it Eastern Kentucky? Uh, Western Kentucky. Oh. And they, 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 <laughs> Hilltoppers! Yeah, yeah. And Billy Zappi took them to literally the last second. They kicked a field goal in overtime to win as time expired. So, like you said, I mean, sometimes you kind of wonder with Rodgers when you're talking about games like this against a clearly inferior opponent whether or not he really gets up for him or whether he just kind of tries to win the game and keep it moving especially a week like this in London I mean we'll see I I, I tend to think the Packers have a pretty easy time with the Giants I think they'll be able to stop Saquon both Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor are injured which by the way we didn't even get into the fact that the Bears couldn't stop the Giants even when they didn't have a quarterback on the field yeah (laughs) but I, I think I don't think the Packers have too much trouble with this one. No, I, I, I mean that's a, a lopsided game. Um, the uh, there's you know it, it's it, it's hard to see that uh, the twelve train slowing down this week. And then just kind of a random matchup. We got the Lions going to Foxborough to face the Patriots. Two one and three teams, I believe. Yeah, I, I could see the I could see the Lions maybe pulling this out. I just saw though DeAndre Swift is not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is what I just read, and that is they can't stop letting other teams score. And from what I've seen, we don't know if it's going to be Mac Jones or Billy Zappi for the Patriots. Brian Hoyer uh, is on IR. Yep, saw that. Where are the Patriots in those power rankings? But they can't be too far ahead of the Bears. They. They might just stink, especially. Yeah, they're not very good, that's for sure. And uh, the way I understand it is, it's very doubtful that uh, that Mac Jones uh, makes it out there. I don't think he's listed as doubtful. I'm just saying the the buzz is is that he's probably not going to be out there. It's just really weird. Uh, the Patriots are 27. Yeah, right in front of the Bears. It's just actually, really odd vibes coming out of there. You know who's calling the offensive plays for the Patriots? The offensive plays. No. Matt Patricia. Really? Yeah, like the career defensive coordinator. That's so. pretty odd. Yeah, so Belichick's got him calling the offense, and he's got his kid calling the defense. So weird vibes there. You can definitely tell that. For I, I was always kind of under the impression that once Brady left, Belichick, Belichick would, would retire. Keep that, or he would keep that thing afloat. And I guess they did make the playoffs this year, and they got absolutely crushed by the Bills, but... So far, not so good this year. They've lost a couple of games they probably should have won. That's, uh, I mean, it's tough to really even give a spread in that game when you don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. But I think right now the Patriots are three-point favorites. It sounds about right. So so Getze says uh, in this new post from Courtney Cronin, uh, Getze says, I don't think he's had a rough month. I think he's gotten better each week. I think he's growing tremendously. And you know, it's not easy. We're playing good football teams, and it's not easy to become the level of quarterback that he wants to become, and I know that he can become. The important thing is that we stay focused, keep our eyes on that progress, 
or on the process and we make sure that we get better each and every week and I believe that we're in that phase. So I mean I don't know. I, you know it, it I I agree that he I agree that he's gotten better every week. I don't agree that it hasn't been a rough month. It's, yeah, it's been a rough month. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so um they're just going to, you know, it, it's it's growing pains across the whole squad. Yeah. Just don't put all the focus on one guy. It's a team game. Well, and I'm not the first person to say this, but it's gone back to the old Theo Epstein quote, like development doesn't happen in a straight line. It's up and down. So right now it's just trying to not overreact to individual weeks and trying to just view this season as a whole collective body of work. And we'll see where we stand. What? 12 weeks from now. Yeah. Hopefully Fields stays healthy. That's, that's my, that's my biggest worry. You know, he's a pretty tough customer. He gets hit a lot. Too much. Too much. <laughs> getting Too much. getting hit less would be good. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's all we got for this week. Yep. Thank you for uh, listening. Thanks a lot. Once again, Bears fans. And uh, bear down. Bear down.